Okay, there's something pretty cool going on in the sky these days. What's being called a once-in-a-decade comet streaking through our skies. And here's the good news. You don't really need any special equipment to see it. Paul Delaney is our space expert. He's on the line with more here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Paul, good afternoon. How are you doing? Oh, very good indeed, Jeff. Okay, tell us a little bit about Comet Neowise. What do we know about it? What's it made of? Well, Comet Neowise is visible to us in the early morning sky. Uh, like most comets, it's basically a big, dirty snowball. So it's, uh, you know, grab a, a bunch of snow, compact it together, throw in a little bit of soil, a bit of gravel, and then let it rip around the sun, let it sort of boil off and create a nice long tail behind it. That's what you've got. Uh, so this comet is uh, surprisingly bright. I mean, it swung in close to the sun uh, on July 3, got within about oh, 43 million kilometres, there was expectation, actually, that it was going to break up. A lot of comets do that as they swing in too close to the sun. I mean, snowballs don't like heat, and the sun's the hottest object around. Uh, so comets tend not to survive, but it did. It came out the other side and is really quite bright, easily naked eye visible. But as I said, you've got to go chase it down in the early morning sky at the moment. Yeah, I want to get to that in a second, but uh, yeah, I'm fascinated by how this thing survived uh, circling, going around the sun if it's in a giant snowball. Does that mean it was less snow and more rock and gravel then? Probably in this particular instance, just like uh, you know, it, your cars, they come in a variety of different shapes, sizes, and so on. So too do comets come in a variety of total diameters and a mixture of compositions. Uh, so when we say a dirty snowball, that's a very generic statement. How much is it 50-50 ice and snow versus rock? Is it 40-60? And so we don't know that a priori. Uh, what we do know is that when you get within about 50 million kilometers of the sun, many, many comets literally just shatter uh, because of the tidal forces and the heating that is going on. And what goes in as a comet comes out as a rubble train. Uh, which you know is quite interesting too, but it's not nearly as bright an object. Uh, when we get these comets swinging in close to the sun and they survive, then of course you end up with these really long tails because you know the object has melted considerably. That material streams out behind it, literally can be millions of kilometres in length, and that creates a huge uh, sort of reflecting surface for the sunlight to glint off, and that's how we actually see the comet itself. It's not shining with its own light, it's shining like a mirror. Okay, so is this why this comet, Comet Neowise, is basically visible to the naked eye? That's right. It's heading towards Earth. It's not going to get that close to us. It's going to get within about 100 million kilometers. But the closer it gets to us, of course, you know, the brighter it's going to try and be because the distance is shrinking. Unfortunately, as it gets further away from the sun, it also tends to get less sunlight. So those two distance factors, distance to the sun, distance to the Earth, are uh, sort of working against each other. Bottom line to it is they cancel out close enough for the next couple of weeks, and so we end up with a naked-eye visible comet. And that is unusual. Uh, many comets that uh, swing around the sun, you know, 100, 150 million kilometers, they just do not get nearly bright enough. They don't get heated enough, so you don't get this long streaming tail behind. But Neowise did swing in close and did survive, so we've got this big curtain running along behind it, which is the, uh, the comet tail. Okay, so we don't need a telescope to see this thing or even binoculars. Maybe the only special equipment, Paul, we need, as you mentioned a second ago, because it's so early, is an alarm clock. you got to get up pretty early to catch this show. <laughs> <laughs> 
you do it tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be around for the entire month of July, and after around about July 12, 13, it's going to sneak into the evening sky. But at the moment, it's brighter. Uh, so if you can get up about an hour before sunrise, go find a nice, clear northeastern horizon. And I do mean clear. Your, uh, your neighbor's house, your neighbor's uh, you know, uh, maple tree, bad news. You really need a nice, clean view of the northeastern horizon. But if you can find that view about an hour before sunset, you'll be treated, sorry, sunrise, you'll be treated to a really beautiful sight. Okay, you might want to let your neighbor know you're going to climb into their maple tree at four in the morning before you do so. Just a bit of a tip. You, you got that right, exactly. Or if you're going to go take over a farmer's field, yeah, uh, not good in that regard. But you know, take your camera with you. Uh, you know, you're going to see a bright point close to the horizon, and the tail will be standing almost straight up. Uh, it's going to uh, t- morning twilight is going to begin to interfere with your view. So if you're going to take your shots, as I said, you need to be out there about an hour before sun, sunrise. Look for Venus, by the way. Venus is the really bright planet also in that direction. The comet will be to the left of Venus and closer to the horizon. Okay, speaking of pictures, some pretty cool photos we understand from the International Space Station. They've been actually able to capture and get really good close photos of this comet. Have we learned anything from those? Uh, haven't learned anything specific from the imagery sent down by ISS, although, as you say, there's pretty amazing images. I mean, you've now got this comet sitting above the curvature of the Earth. I mean, that's a really cool photograph, that's for sure. Uh, but there's a lot of analysis that is going on. We've been tracking the comet since we found it in March 27th. All comets give us a little bit of insight into the outer solar system. This one's got an orbital period of about six, six and a half thousand years, so it's spent most of its life in the outer solar system. And that means, uh, you know, deep freeze. So the information it's giving up in its tail, we do spectroscopy on it. We're able to analyze that material. It's a time capsule. It gives us insight into the earliest moments of the solar system. So like any other comet, we're always monitoring it. But when it gets brighter, it it makes it easier for us to do that analysis. So there's a lot of observations that are uh, being done of this comet at this point in time. Not a lot of information coming out at the moment because literally the observations are being done in real time. So give us a few weeks to analyze the data, and then we'll come back and tell you what we found. Fair enough. All right. Just to finally get you out on this question, Neowise, where did that name come from, Paul? Uh, The spacecraft is WISE, W-I-S-E. It's a solar uh, explorer uh, that was launched in 2009. It's an infrared telescope, basically, that NASA was using uh, to look for minor planets, asteroids, comets in our solar system, and indeed exoplanets around other stars. Uh, After its primary mission finished in about 2011, they repurposed it with software in 2013, and it's been monitoring asteroids and comets ever since. So the WISE spacecraft, uh, and now we've found NEOWISE, the new WISE mission, uh, it's actually officially referred to as C-2020F3. That's the actual comet designation. But everybody's hearing that's a pretty boring name, so we've called it NEOWISE. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Comet NEOWISE playing until the end of the month. You can uh, check it out. Quite the show for free going on in the skies. And as I like to say, Paul, if it's free, it's for me. So I'm going to check it out. <laughs> Paul, thanks as always. <laughs> there goes Paul Delaney, our space expert.